Welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast, helping people take their leadership to the next level. This podcast is brought to you by Blackaby Ministries International. Welcome to the very first Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. I'm Sam Camp, and I'm going to be your host for this. And uh, I'm just so excited to be here with Richard in his office. You know, my office doesn't look anything <laughs> quite like this. Uh, yeah, it's a library. That's I've always wanted just to work out of a library. Yeah, well, you, you've certainly created that here. Uh, look and see all the different leadership books you've got here and history books, biographies. You, you've got quite the collection. I do. And you'd think with that many books, I'd be smarter than I am. <laughs> Let's get right to it. Um, why a leadership podcast? Of all the things that, that you've done, you've traveled, you've spoken on, on many different topics, you've had all different kinds of people even even come to, to your office here to ask about leadership or, or things re- relating to the church. Uh, you could even have a podcast about hockey. Or, or... I could. <laughs> I've got lots of thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, so, so why is it that, uh, that this is going to be about leadership? Well, this podcast is going to be about leadership because that's probably what I am most passionate about. And I'm, and like you said, I am passionate about hockey. I'm passionate about uh, experiencing God. I'm, I'm passionate about parenting, a lot of different issues. But what I probably rings my bell the most is the issue of leadership. And I would say that it's I'm, I'm excited about leadership because early on in my life, I realized how critical it was. I remember when I was just a, a child going on a cross-country vacation with my family. We were camping, and we pulled into this uh, campsite area, and my parents were getting the things unpacked and getting food ready for dinner. And so as kids, we just began looking around to see what was in the area and what was going on. And, and there were kids here and there sitting there beside their parents in their own campsites. And, and nothing was really happening except just people getting ready for dinner. And uh, but there was an open field uh, right in kind of in the middle where all the campers and traders were, and so uh, I grabbed a football and I began throwing it to my brothers, and uh, there were there were four of us, and so uh, we were kind of sort of dividing up into teams, two and two, and um, and before very long I saw some other kids kind of looking at us, and uh, they weren't doing anything, and so I kind of hollered at them, "Do you want to join us?" And uh, they ran over and happy to get in on, on the game. And before long, other kids saw something was happening, and they come and join us. And eventually, I divided up uh, everybody into two teams. I set boundaries, kind of established the rules. And we get into this huge, epic, Super Bowl-like uh, pickup football game. And everybody's having a great time. These kids were a lot of fun. We're laughing and, and having some great plays and a lot of cheering and excitement and and we're going back and forth for quite a while and then finally my mother calls and it's dinner time it's time to quit the the, the game and everybody's a little disappointed as we all sort of scatter back to our our places and i remember as i was walking away looking back and thinking you know all these kids were here the whole time when we pulled in with our trailer all these kids were already there and everybody was bored and, and no one was doing anything and the only difference was that I began leading. And I was just a kid. Um, but kids can lead just like adults. And, and I realized, introduce one leader into a campsite, 
and suddenly you've got an epic football game taking place. And I realized that happens over and over again. It doesn't matter what the context is, whether it's an a office a complex, whether it's a business downtown, whether it's a family, whether it's a church, everywhere where there's a dynamic of people, leadership can change everything and leadership can make things better. And so I discovered that throughout my life, and, and I'll be talking a lot about that during the, the, the podcast. I've been the captain of sports teams in high school. I have been a leader in various contexts throughout my life. Uh, I was a pastor of a church. And when I came to uh, the church where I was going to be the pastor, uh, this church had suffered all kinds of decline and scandal and division, hurt, Many, many people had left the church. Uh, it was in serious condition when I got there. But I saw what can happen when you just change the way that uh, things are being led. Uh, the church had been led in, in, a, in a certain way for several years, and it had led to decline, uh, struggle, discouragement. And although I was just a young leader at that point, I realized the church can't keep being led that way, or it's going to continue the same decline. And so I... I studied, that's when I really started to, to study and to read about leadership and discovered that you could, a, a good leader could transform a bad place into a great place. Hmm. And uh, interestingly for me, everywhere I've ever been, it seems, when I've arrived, uh, the organization that I was going to lead was going through a difficult time. It was disorganized, it was declining, it lacked funds, it lacked morale. And by simply leading well, before very long, things were exciting. Uh, money was coming in. Staff were energized. There was excitement about the future. And all it, all it was, I had the same staff to work with, same systems and, and uh, you know, so much of the, the same message and so on, same facilities. The only difference was just different leadership, and it changed mm -hmm. everything. And then ultimately I went to be the president of a seminary, and again, it was discouraged as well. But uh, things turned around, and, and uh, every place I've ever left, people have said uh, that was the heyday. Uh, and I'm, I don't say that to brag. I, I just mm -hmm. simply say, it's not that I'm not trying to say I'm a great leader. I'm saying leadership works. And when you just simply strive to learn to be a good leader and do good leadership uh, practices, things get better. And so I, I'm excited about a, broad, a, a podcast where every week we talk about ways very practically that people can develop those leadership skills and improve what they're doing. And some people who will be listening to this podcast are already good leaders. But the, what I have learned is you can always be better. Mm. There's always ways you can improve. And so this podcast is really designed to try to help people uh, at whatever place they're at at the moment to grow as leaders and to be even better than they've been before. That's great. And throughout this podcast, what we want to do is make it available for people to ask questions as we discuss different leadership issues. Uh, and so I've got a couple of questions prepared for you here, but but right now what I want to do is take a quick break um, and then we'll come back and, and we'll go ahead and get into some of these questions in just a minute. That sounds great. Richard and his father Henry wrote a book called Spiritual Leadership. This book has been used in university leadership courses, and it's a great resource for anyone who wants to take their leadership to the next level. And right now, you can get 10% off with promo code 
podcast. Go to blackabystore.org and use promo code podcast at checkout for 10% off your copy of Spiritual Leadership. And we'll also have links to the book in the show notes. Well, welcome back. Richard, it's, it's very obvious that you are passionate about leadership. And I do know that you are a type A personality. <laughs> um, so, so I have the benefit of knowing that uh, ahead of time. You know, not everyone is that type A personality. Not everyone has that drive to, to be a better leader. And, and some may even argue that that's not even necessarily a bad thing. Like, I, maybe I'm the type of person that likes to just wake up and smell the coffee and, and, and admire God's creation and just live and let live, as it were. Um, what about people like that, that, that maybe don't see themselves as this driven type A personality that cares about and, and wants to make uh, leadership a, a thing in their life? Like, how, how, do you, how do you balance that? Or how, what would you say to someone who, who isn't a type A task-oriented type yeah. of person? How do they take their leadership to the next, next level? Well, that's a good that's a good question, and there's um, you know I at times I've been accused of being a type capital A tri- triple <laughs> triple A type person, uh, and you know I think there's a there can be a danger in going getting too carried away being too driven. Uh, we'll we'll certainly be addressing those topics in future podcasts, but and, and so I realize not everybody is wired like me. I'm one of those kind of guys who has goals, who wants to see progress, wants to see results. Um, wants to improve. I, I don't want to go through a whole another year and just have done everything the same way with the same results. To me, that's failing, really, if, you, if you're not seeing more happen. And so I'm internally driven uh, to improve, uh, and certainly in the areas of leadership especially. Uh, I'm also trying to improve in my, my jogging ability to hit uh, 10K, which I'm not as driven in, although I wish I was. Well, now that you've said that here, maybe that can. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back to that 10K maybe in a yeah, few, well, a well, few episodes. I and I, you know, so I, some things I need more external motivation than others. But but then you're right. There are some people that are just really laid back. They talk slow. They move slow. But they would argue that you know they're enjoying life and. They're not st- they're not nearly as stressed or stress producing as type A people are, mm-hmm. and you know there's n- and there's nothing wrong with that kind of person, and I would say well that's true, and that that personality type is great and you need them, uh, that kind of personality type sometimes can drive me crazy if they're working for me, <laughs> and they're just enjoying the day and I've got a deadline I need them to help me to meet, but um, but this is what I would say about that everybody can improve. Everybody can improve. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a government leader, I think anyone who's watching uh, government in today's society would say, we can do better. Uh, I don't care what party you're talking about, government could do better. If you look at business leadership, it, you don't have to look far to say, yeah, that, that uh, company's been there for a long time, but uh, you know, new management came in and all of a sudden uh, it had a whole fresh new look. There, it's uh, Profits are up and you know, different leadership, better leadership changed uh, the results. If you look at church leadership, we'll talk a lot about this, but I've seen churches that just sort of struggled along for years under one pastor. And that pastor might, you know, he was, he was a nice person. Everybody loved him. And uh, he was an easygoing kind of guy, just loved to just visit with his people and go see them in the hospital. 
But then when that pastor left and a new guy came in, all of a sudden attendance is up, services are dynamic, people in the community are being reached, new programs are being offered, and you think, wow, like that church is really doing a lot more since it's gotten different leadership. And so what I realized is this, every person could do what they're doing better. And the reason, now, so, and that's true, and and so the question is, well, but why do things better? You know, what's wrong with how they're being done? Um, You know, some people think it's almost crass to talk about results. And even in the, in talking about the church, sometimes they'll say, well, right. it's not just about the numbers. You know, we, we haven't reached any new people in our community in five years, but boy, I tell you what, the people who come to this church just love being there. We're, we're best of friends. I, I love the music and yeah, we're, we're not growing, but, but the people who go to it really enjoy their church. And so don't, you know, why take that away from them? So I would say, well, you know, the the problem is that when you don't grow, when you don't become a better leader, when you don't improve at what you're doing, it doesn't just cost you. It costs everybody around you that would have been serviced by you. So, for instance, yeah, you're a church running 40 people, and you've been running 40 people now for the last uh, 20 years, uh, but those 40 people love their church, and they... They enjoy the music, they enjoy the preaching, they enjoy the potlucks. So why rock their boat? I would say, well, I'm glad that they're stress-free and they like what they're doing, but they're all aging and they don't have any young people coming into their church and they're not reaching anyone in their community, uh, which is what the Great Commission is all about. We were commanded to grow. We were commanded to reach new people. And so if that church isn't, then its neighborhood is suffering because they're not growing. They're not reaching out. Uh, So these teenagers who are growing up a block from that church, but they don't know Jesus, they don't have any church they're a part of, they're suffering because this church has never developed a youth program. It's never uh, aimed its sights at reaching the next generation. And so you can say, well, People all over that neighborhood are suffering because that church is complacent and satisfied just to be happy the way they are. You know, I my wife, Lisa, is the polar opposite personality-wise of me in, on every scale that you measure. We're on the opposite end. I'm driven. She's uh, just live for today. Uh, I, I look to the future. She can barely look into the afternoon. And so... And so you would say, well, you know, she's fine. I mean, she just needs to marry someone who's task-oriented and can get <laughs> get things done and and save for retirement. But she also is a grandma. And two days every week, uh, our two three-year-old grandsons, twin grandsons, come over and she cares for them for eight hours or, or more from about 9 o'clock in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. And, and she, that's a leadership role. You could say, well, she's just a, a kind, loving grandmother, but she's a leader. Hmm. And she's got responsibility for two, three-year-olds for an entire day. Now, there's times where she'll just let them do what they want to do, but she's also learned over time uh, to prepare for that. And so she typically has a, a little toy for them, a new toy that we keep paying for uh, twice a week, but... When they walk in the door, she's already set up the living room. They know where to come and find their toy. She has snacks that she's prepared. She's come up with. She goes online and she 
looks at little creative crafts that she can do with three-year-olds. She sets up little craft tables with paint sets or different things that they can assemble and do crafts. Uh, she decides when it warms up, uh, we're going to go for a walk, uh, maybe go over to see uh, to my, my mother's house. But she's becoming a better leader. Now, she's just leading two three-year-olds. She's not leading a corporate office a fort- or a Fortune 500 company. But the fact that she's preparing, the fact that she's going online and looking for ideas of what to do with three-year-olds, uh, the fact that she's setting out uh, things before they ever arrive so that when the kids walk in the door, she's already on top of things. She's, she's leading, and she's actually improving as a leader. Now, you could say, well, why doesn't she just sit in her chair and uh, do crossword puzzles and, and watch uh, TV and let the kids do whatever they want? Well, you know, that might be fine, but I suspect those two little three-year-olds would get kind of bored after a while. And they would uh, lose interest, and they might get into trouble, and they might actually be destructive and start doing stuff that tore down the house. And so they, those two three-year-olds would suffer if my wife didn't grow as a grandma. Uh, but because she's growing, those kids are having a blast every time they come to our house. And so I would say, I, I don't care what you do. If you will do it better, other people will be blessed because you did. And so... What we don't always think of is, well, I'm satisfied just to keep doing things the way I always have. I like going to work and just kind of putting in my time, punching the time clock. But I don't want to have to learn any new skills. I don't want to grow. I don't want to go to a seminar. I don't want to try anything new. I just like doing things the way I've always done them. Well, the problem with that is if you do that, you're going to hurt whatever organization you're working at. Uh, You're going to hurt the people around you that are never going to get anything more from you than what they've always gotten before. And so it costs other people for us not to grow as leaders. Uh, It costs a nation for its government leaders not to grow. It costs business for the boss just to be content to keep taking out what profits he can, but not growing his business, growing his employees. And certainly as parents, uh, it's going to hurt our kids or our grandkids if we're just the same parents we've always been. So we've got to grow. We've got to go to another level because it'll cost people too much if we don't. You talk about leaders needing to go to the next level, leaders needing to grow. What do you say to people who say, okay, I'm, I may just tune out of this because I'm not you know, managing a, a, a Fortune 500 company or I'm not a church leader or you know, I'm not in these official capacities as a leader. Why is it that I should stick around and, and, and listen to even a podcast on, on leadership. Yeah, well, that's a great question. And, and you know, a lot of people will say that. In fact, it's interesting. I'll be in a speaking at a leadership conference, and I'll ask people in the conference, how many of you see yourself as a leader? Rarely do I get even half the people to raise their hands. And part of that, I think, is because we think somehow it's bragging if you say that you're a leader. It's like you, somehow you're saying you're, you're better than other people. And, and that's, that's ridiculous. A leader is simply someone that God has assigned to make a place better. And so if you're, if you're a leader in your home as a parent, you're assigned to make your home a better place for those kids to grow up in. If you're a boss at work, then that's great. But, uh, but when we think of leadership, sometimes we think of like a Winston Churchill giving right. some impassioned speech that, that rallies an entire nation. Uh, and people will say, well, I'm, I'm not in management at work. I'm not in charge of anybody. I'm just a mother, uh, or I'm just an employee. 
Um, but I, but I'm not in management. I, I don't like to be in charge. Uh, I don't like giving speeches or talking in front of people. So I'm not a leader. And so I cer certainly don't need to listen to a leadership broadcast by Richard Blackaby. Uh, but I would say every person I think has the opportunity to make a place better. And that's what leaders do. Leaders make places better. And so you may not have hundreds of people that answer to you, but unless you are pretty well living in a cave somewhere as a hermit, your life is going to have an impact on other people. And so how you relate to those people is going to determine the impact you have on them. And so the, the, the more you develop certain leadership skills, the more impact you can have. But I would start and say, everybody is a leader in the sense that we have to lead ourselves. Leadership always starts with self-management. And so I've known people that were very disciplined in managing themselves. Uh, they, would, they would set an alarm clock every morning, get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and go for a 5K run. And they map out their route. They have their good running gear. Uh, they have a protein bar that they set out the night before. They've got a smoothie drink that they drink or whatever. And they have perhaps taken care of all kinds of details and they don't want to go out. Uh, it's a little cloudy and cold out this morning, but they will themselves to do the right thing. They manage themselves well. They get to work and there's uh, someone has kindly brought a box of donuts sitting there by the coffee pot, but uh, they resist because they're, they're managing their eating and their sugar intake. And so they decide instead that they actually have brought uh, an orange with them that they're just going to eat instead. And so throughout the day, they are managing uh, decisions. They're deciding what to do or not to do. Uh, they're managing their time. Uh, they're managing their health. Uh, they're, they're managing their relationships. They, they may have volunteered uh, at their church on Tuesday nights. And so uh, they get home and they've left something in the crock pot so that when they get home, they can eat it quickly and then get on their way to their volunteer work. And I see people like this and I realize they're, man they, they're, they're not overweight, they're healthy, they're, they exercise, uh, they take care of their car, they have regular maintenance, they take care of their place where they live, uh, they keep their clothes dry cleaned and in good condition. And you, and you look and you say, this is just a single person. They're not in any management role, but they take care of all kinds of uh, details and issues in self in self management. They're actually doing a great job. So uh, I would say, and, and quite frankly, that's why if I'm looking for somebody to hire, uh, if I want someone in management, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at how well they manage themselves. The question is, can you manage yourself better than you have been right now? Uh, and so for me. Uh, my goal right now is is uh, I've run a couple of 5K runs, and I really want to get to the point where I can, uh, several days a week, I can just go out in the morning and run 5K. And I've got a goal actually to, to run a, a 10K by the end of this year. And, and because of that, I've got to discipline myself. And I've got staff, but I can't ask my staff to do that for me. That's something I've got to manage myself. And again, I would say if you're a parent, uh, you, you might say, I'm not a leader. I just have two kids. I, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm not in, in management. Uh, I don't serve in any boards. But I would say, if you've got two kids you're raising, you've got one of the most important 
leadership roles anywhere in the world. Uh, you, you're going to directly impact the lives of two individuals and perhaps even their eternity by how you raise them and how you help them to view uh, God. And so I would say that's, why would you just kind of say, well, I hope it works out? No, these are the lives of two eternal human beings that have been entrusted to you. Don't say, well, it's just two people. I mean, how valuable is even one person? And you've got two human beings you're in charge of. As a parent, you want to learn everything you can about being the best parent possible. So if you if you try to get your kids to clean their room and it ends up in a uh, knockdown fight because they're arguing and crying and throwing a tantrum, then you might want to say, i got to maybe adjust that method. I've got to take a different approach. If you've got a child that has no friends, that just wants to just watch, play computer games all day, you might want to go to a parenting seminar. You might want to read a book. You might want to talk to friends and say, hey, what do you do to get your kids to go play outside or to make friends? But if you just shrug your shoulders and say, well, I'm not a leader, then your kids are going to suffer. And I would think if you have even one child that you're responsible for, you'd want to learn how to lead that child better than you have been so far. So I would say everybody uh, can benefit from growing as a leader. And I would hope that every person would find some real practical tools in this podcast that will help them, whether it's just managing themselves, managing one child, uh, or managing maybe a couple of people, or maybe a lot of people, that these same principles and skills will apply and uh, your life will be better because you're a better leader. And everybody who comes in contact with your life will also uh, be better uh, because you were a person that grew and didn't stay where you were. This has already raised a lot of uh, interesting questions, and I'm very excited to start diving into to all the different areas of leadership and, and how we can grow together and, and become better leaders and, and, and better people in the process. So thank you. Oh, this has been great. Look forward to all the sessions we've got coming up. Hey, thanks for listening all the way to the very end of the podcast. That really means a lot to us. And something else that would mean a lot to us is if you subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave us a review. We would also love to hear from you. We want to make this podcast a conversation with you, our audience. So send us your questions or your comments to our email, podcast at blackaby.org and we'd love to hear from you and maybe even answer some questions on future podcast episodes. Thanks and we'll talk to you next time.